Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. This video is going to be lengthy, and I apologize again. Day two of me and my uh, cold issue. I'm getting better. I'm getting better, but you can still hear it. So, great story out of Minnesota, and it's actually a legal opinion in my left hand. So, I'm literally reading to you an opinion by the court. And this opinion will sound similar in many ways to the story I did a couple weeks ago. But my friend here in Michigan who got a case thrown out after the police overextended a traffic stop. And the same thing happened in Minnesota, but there's a couple other things that we can learn from this. So the case is called the state of Minnesota uh, versus uh, LaPointe. LaPointe is the last name of the person involved. Case was handed down yesterday. Literally, case is dated yesterday, okay? So here's what happens in this case. In this direct appeal from the district court's judgment of conviction, Appellant argues the district court erred in denying his pretrial motion to suppress evidence of illegal drugs found in his car following a dog sniff because the police officer lacked a reasonable, articulable suspicion to justify the expansion of the scope and duration of the traffic stop. We agree and reverse. So the man got convicted by the lower court, went up on appeal. The appeals court said, no, that's not how it works. So here are the facts as laid out by the court. Back in May of 21, police officers conducting traffic surveillance on a highway when a car being driven by the appellant caught his attention. The officer was stationed in the median and observed that LaPointe was driving in the left lane, but slowed down as he approached the officer's location. After LaPointe passed the officer, the officer pulled onto the highway and LaPointe tapped his brakes in response and moved into the right lane. The officer noted the car had darkly tinted windows, a loud exhaust, and had slowed down while the other cars on the highway maintained their speed. Officer got closer to LaPointe's car to verify that he could not see into the car to the level of tint, and then he initiated a traffic stop. Officer also ran the license plate, discovered that LaPointe had prior contacts involving drug possession, drug sales, and was on probation for third-degree controlled substance crime. Now, the officer approached the passenger side and saw that in addition to LaPointe, there was a dog in the car and a woman in the passenger seat. LaPointe immediately asked why he'd been pulled over, and the officer told him that he's pulled over because of the darkly tinted windows, the loud exhaust, and the failure to signal before changing lanes, because when he passed the police officer in the median, he then changed lanes. Officer told LaPointe that he would not be writing him a ticket, but he asked him to get out of the car, at which point he became argumentative. While LaPointe was standing outside the car, he recorded the encounter, stated that law enforcement had been harassing him and killing people, and became noticeably irritated when the officer said that he's going to speak with the passenger. Now, the key here is that he'd already told him he would not be writing him a ticket. So I'm not writing you a ticket. So at that moment in time, the traffic stop should end. But it continues. And by the way, that's not the only thing happening here. So just make a mental note there. So in response to the officer's question, the point said there was nothing illegal in the car, but he would not consent to a search. Officer volunteered a couple of times to check the tint level of the car's windows. LaPointe acknowledged that the tint might be too dark, but he turned down the office. Officer then returned to his squad car and asked over the radio whether there were any canine units in the area, but he was told there were not. But remember, he's already told the man, I'm not giving you a ticket. At that point, the officer told LaPointe that he was free to leave, and LaPointe returned to his car and drove away. That stop from beginning to end lasted about 15 minutes, about 15 minutes. Shortly after he drove away, the officer learned that a canine unit was available. Officer attempted to catch up with LaPointe, 
The officer ultimately found him not on the highway, but on a local road. His car was pulled over to the side with the hood up. LaPointe was at the front of the car looking at the engine, and the passenger was walking behind the car with the dog. When the officer asked him if he needed assistance, LaPointe said his car had overheated, but he does not need any help. No, thank you. Don't need your help. LaPointe again became argumentative and claimed that he was being harassed. The officer advised him that a canine unit was on the way and that this was a continuation, <laughs> a continuation of the prior traffic stop. Canine unit arrived at the scene about 20 minutes after finding LaPointe by the side of the road. Dog sniff was conducted, and after the dog alerted, the officers discovered meth hidden in the car. He eventually admitted that it belonged to him. So the state of Minnesota charged the man with one count of controlled substance crime. He moved to suppress the evidence discovered as a result of the dog sniff, arguing that the officer lacked reasonable suspicion that LaPointe was engaged in illegal drug activity and that deploying the canine to conduct a dog sniff was therefore unconstitutional. At the motion hearing, the state presented testimony by the officer. The district court denied the motion and decided that the expansion of the traffic stop to include the use of the drug detection canine was justified based on LaPointe's unusual behavior that was not typical or reasonable and the fact that LaPointe was on probation at the time of the stops. And they actually called him stops, two stops, not one. That's key here. After the district court denied the motion to suppress, LaPointe sought to preserve his right to obtain review of the pretrial rulings uh, and stipulated to the prosecution's case against him. So they went ahead and the district court found the man guilty and sentenced him to basically 12 years in prison. 12 years in prison. So now the court here explains what's going on and how they're going to review what happened, especially with respect to that traffic stop. Because without the traffic stops and what they gain from them, they have nothing on this guy, okay? So the police officer initiated the traffic stop because he observed that the windows of the car appeared to be too darkly tinted, the exhaust was too loud, and he failed to signal a change 100 feet before changing lanes. The defendant does not argue, nor do we suggest, that these were not permissible reasons to initiate a traffic stop. But we note that these reasons involving equipment and moving violations were unrelated to any suspicion of a crime involving controlled substances. In addition, the violations were relatively minor, and the officer informed LaPointe almost immediately he would not be writing him a ticket. We therefore must consider whether the police officer's additional observations and inferences justified the officer's expansion of the duration of the stop as well as the use of the dog, beyond what was necessary to address the equipment and moving violations. And once you see the court phrase it that way, you realize which way they're going on this. This was a traffic stop over, theoretically, a bad lane change and or an equipment problem. The idea that, oh, we get to have a dog sniff your car based on that, there's no logical connection there. So the court breaks down the different elements that the state relied upon at trial, one of which was the driving conduct. The state argued that the expansion of the traffic stop was justified in part because LaPointe's vehicle acted in a manner consistent with those involved in criminal behavior and inconsistent with the motoring public. <laughs> this is just stupid. At the suppression hearing, the police officer testified that LaPointe's car neared the police officer's squad car and then slowed down and then activated his brake lights and pulled out. The vehicle tapped their brakes in response. Um, when someone slows down because they see a police officer by the side of the road, that is not suspicious behavior. Everyone does that. 
The police officer testified that this behavior was consistent with deceptive behavior that he had learned about in drug interdiction training (laughs) and that it might indicate the driver may be trying to avoid law enforcement. Many drivers want to avoid law enforcement altogether. I I like to avoid law enforcement. If I can avoid law enforcement, I'm happy. The Supreme Court has held that evasive conduct may give rise to reasonable suspicion if the driver's conduct is such that the officer reasonably infers that the driver is deliberately trying to evade the officer. Thus, the conduct is properly considered when evaluating the totality of the circumstances. But we observe that it requires too many inferences to characterize the conduct here, which was slowing down upon noticing the police officer and tapping the brakes as a deliberate attempt to evade law enforcement. They're not buying it. Okay, Behavior during the stop. We next consider the defendant's behavior during the traffic stop. We note that Minnesota courts have expressed reluctance to consider a motorist's nervous behavior as evidence they may be engaged in criminal activity. Rather, an individual's nervousness may contribute to an officer's reasonable suspicion of criminal activity, but it is not independently sufficient to expand a traffic stop. Many people get nervous and they get pulled over by the cops. Here, the officer testified at the suppression hearing that he observed indicia of nervousness, specifically that LaPointe's carotid artery was visibly pulsing and his hand was shaking. Now, in another case, evidence of extreme nervousness, which was violent shaking, and an evasive explanation for that nervousness were deemed sufficient to establish reasonable suspicion. Here, however, LaPointe was not violently shaking and he did not give an evasive answer about the reason for his nervousness. Additionally, the police officer's primary observation relating to LaPointe's behavior was not his nervousness, but rather his aggressive and confrontational behavior. So apparently, uh, the man was quite aggressive and confrontational, and the court here says, guess what? That is not evidence that you can use towards your reasonably articulable suspicion as to why you extended the stop. The prior conviction. Finally, the state notes the police officer was aware that LaPointe was on probation, and had prior contacts with law enforcement. Reasonable suspicion of criminal activity may be supported by an officer's knowledge of an individual's criminal history that is similar to the offense that is under investigation. Guess what? The man's under investigation because he changed lanes wrong and hit his brakes. So that's not going to play into that, is it? So they then end with the totality of the circumstances. Based on the totality of the circumstances relied upon by the officer as justification for the dog sniff, we conclude that the police officer did not have a reasonable, articulable suspicion to justify the expansion of the search in this case. As noted above, an officer must have reasonable, articulable suspicion of drug-related criminal activity to justify the use of a dog to determine if there are controlled substances present. Here, the totality of the circumstances include that The man slowed down, he changed lanes, had a fast pulse, was confrontational, had a prior conviction, and contacted law enforcement. As noted above, his driving conduct did not amount to a deliberate attempt to evade law enforcement, as in other cases, and his behavior during a traffic stop was distinguishable from the violent shaking and evasive answers in another case as well. And neither of this man's driving conduct nor behavior during a stop offer meaningful evidence to suggest that he was involved in drug-related criminal activity. Additionally, the police officer did not express any suspicion that the man was under the influence of anything at the time of the stop. The strongest factor supporting a suspicion that the man may have been involved comes from the man's prior conviction. 
but to conclude that this alone establishes reasonable suspicion to conduct a dog sniff simply sets the bar too low. As you can imagine, if you've been convicted once, the cops could just keep pulling you over and searching you willy-nilly and saying, well, you've had these problems in the past, you got them now. So accordingly, we conclude the district court erred in denying the motion to suppress the evidence, and we reversed the order denying the motion to suppress. Because the parties agreed that the ruling on the suppression motion was dispositive, we reversed his conviction, and he is therefore free to go. And so a couple of things I'd like to point out here. Some people are going to say, Steve, this is so weird that we celebrate people who clearly were doing something wrong to get away with it. Well, it depends on how you look at that. We also need to celebrate the fact that a court is saying police can't just pull you over and say, oh, yeah, bad lane change. Dog's going to sniff your car. And in this case, bad lane change, but I'm not writing you a ticket. You can leave. And then track you down later and say, oh, I'm extending the previous traffic stop. Dog's going to search your car based on a bad lane change. There have to be lines. There have to be rules. Okay. So this is a very, very good case. Case, like I said, it's called Minnesota versus LaPointe, and uh, it was filed yesterday. One thing I'd like to point out that I get occasionally people when I mention public defenders, people say, Steve, I've heard that if they offer you a public defender, you're better off going in alone because the public defenders are worthless. I've had countless people tell me that. And I would say, well, theoretically, any attorney could be good, any attorney could be bad, you know. But you should know that this case at both levels, was handled by public defenders. So LaPointe did not go out and hire a fancy-pants attorney, didn't hire my friend from up north, didn't hire a guy who went to law school who lives in Minnesota, is very, very good. Uh, it just says here that uh, on the case, on appeal, is the chief appellate public defender and special assistant public defenders. And it's one, two, three, uh, four four attorneys from the public defender's office who are primarily responsible for this case right here. And it looks like they did a very good job. They got a great result. And yeah, it's true they lost at the lower court, but that can happen where a judge doesn't understand how the law works. So it's a good case. Pat sent it to me. Thanks a lot. And again, it was filed just yesterday in Minnesota. And that is state of Minnesota versus LaPointe. And the police officer had no reasonable articulable suspicion to search the car, extend the stop, or do anything he did after he told the man, I'm not writing you a ticket. Questions or comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. You must be the change you wish to see in the world.